We all know legends are made, not born, well, mostly, and that it takes almost an entire career of blood, sweat, and these days, NFTs. But which fighters really impressed out of the gate? Whose first year in the sport was so dominant or impressive that it stands apart from your typical MMA fighter? Well, I took a look back through the extensive records of MMA history to bring you a list of those that had the most impressive rookie years. Now, we're not counting one-night tournaments, as in the early days, it was a pretty easy way to rack up multiple wins in one year, and we've picked those top 10 based on the strength of the opponents they beat and where they did it. So, who had the best first year in the sport? Which MMA legends showed those early signs of unique brilliance? I'm Balian from MMA On Point, and this is the 10 best rookie years in MMA history. Number 10, Angela Lee. What did you achieve by the time you were 20 years old? No, max level prestige on Call of Duty doesn't count, but winning an MMA world title does. And yeah, at just 20 years old, Angela Lee made history by being the youngest ever MMA champion. She spent her entire pro MMA career in one championship where her brother is also a champion and her little sister, Victoria, born in 2004, already has three wins in the promotion. Yeah, she's 17. These kids are about to take over. Angela's rookie year was 2015, and she kicked it off in May, making her pro one debut at Warriors Quest. She won in two minutes with an armbar against Aya Saber. Easy peasy, right? Maybe she was better at this than she thought. Well, she dropped out of college in Hawaii and moved to Singapore to join Evolve MMA, which totally wasn't founded by the owner of the organization. Four months later, she returned at one Odyssey of Champions. Love these names, by the way. This time, she fought against Mona Samir and got another tap, this time in four minutes. Then, just when you thought she couldn't possibly showcase any more prospect talent in one year, in November, she fought at one Pride of Lions and submitted Natalie Gonzalez-Hills with a freaking twister. Yeah, as if there's a better way to capture fans' imagination. She won the 2015 WMMA Submission of the Year for that one. Still, one more month left till the end of the year, and in December, she took one more fight and secured another rear-naked choke to make it four wins, four submission finishes, all in her first year, all in the very prestigious one promotion. Okay, sure, she didn't really beat anyone of note, but they all had similar number of fights to her, and that's one hell of a way to announce your arrival in a promotion. Since then, she's gone all the way to the belt, and as I mentioned, becoming the youngest champion ever in MMA, but her 17-year-old sister's rookie year was 2021. She picked up three wins as well, so it looks like history's about to repeat itself. Number 9. Henry Cejudo The triple champ got his first in his trilogy of golds in the 2008 Summer Olympics, but the transition to MMA didn't happen immediately. He went on to wrestle in the 2011 Sunkiss Open and won another gold, but lost in the finals while qualifying for the 2012 US Olympic team. So he put his shoes on the mat and it was MMA time. He made his debut in March 2013 in Arizona, where his mum had moved the family many years before, and he took on Michael Poe at WFF MMA Pascua Yaqui Fights 4. Jesus, what a mouthful. He showed a little of his boxing. Don't forget, he was a Copper Gloves champion in Phoenix in 2010, but soon enough took the guy down and just smashed him in less than two minutes. Then, just three weeks later, he was back in the cage, this time in California at Gladiator Challenge Battleground. Yeah, there's a name I can get behind. He picked up another TKO win again in the first round, then he got a call back to WFF in Arizona, this time to take a fight against Anthony Sessions. The guy was 4-9, and nine, not the best record, but it was for a title. He did have more experience in Henry, but it didn't help him. Cejudo found another first-round TKO KO and a shiny gold belt in the process. He didn't sit around though, just one month later he was back in Cali and at Gladiator Challenge. This time it was the American Dream card, something Henry knows very well. Once again his opponent charged him, he found a double leg and proceeded to smash him on the mat. Another first round TKO, make that four in a row by the way. Then in October he picked up one more win against 4-2 and two Ryan Hollis, this time at Legacy FC, a much larger promotion and it went to a decision for the first time in his career. Still, five wins in your first year is pretty damn impressive and 
and the UFC agreed because in just his second year as a pro, he made his UFC debut. Yeah. And in this case, they were pretty right to do so. Guy became a champ champ, beat three UFC champions, and became one of the best of all time. Number 8. Darren Till it didn't take long for the Scouser Till to realize he wanted to be a fighter. In fact, he dropped out of school at just 14 to focus on his Muay Thai, which under the guidance of Colin Heron became MMA. But after winning three amateur fights in 2012, he was stabbed in the back at a party and his coach advised him to get out of his hometown to avoid any further troubles. Where exactly would he go? Why, Brazil, of course. Heron knew a former Team Cowboy and coach out there, and so Darren intended to go for six months to brush up on his jiu-jitsu and get away for a bit. He stayed for three and a half years. But it must have worked because once he got to Brazil, he apparently he didn't have anything else to distract him and just focused on getting his pro career off to a good start. I mean, how else do you explain the fact he had eight fights in his first year? Yup. Darren's rookie year was 2013. He kicked it off in February at Sparta MMA 3 with a three-round decision, but returned to a fight just two months later, this time against Muriel Giassi, where he ended things in the second round. His confidence must have grown from this because he started battering people on the local Brazilian scene. He got to use all his new MMA skills when he TKO'd Junior Dietz at the start of May, and then just three weeks later, he KO'd Paulo Batista in just one minute. He followed this up in June and August with two more KOs, and Darren had clearly started to find his groove in Brazil. By no November, he'd won eight fights in just his first year of pro competition, blasting through pretty much anyone the Brazilian matchmakers had found for him. By 2015, he was already fighting in the UFC. I'm not sure what the plan was when he first arrived in Brazil, but he certainly made the most of it and also laid out a particularly legendary backstory to start his career. Oh, and he even had time to learn Portuguese as well. Number 7. Jake Ellenberger Despite being a standout wrestler in college, MMA wasn't always on the cards for the juggernaut Jake Ellenberger. That was until his brother Joe took up the sport and posted an undefeated 10-0 career. Sadly, he was diagnosed with paroxysmal nocturnal hemoglobinuria, a rare bone marrow disease. He was only 24 and had to retire, but he managed to inspire Jake to do the same. And you know what? That's pretty much what he did. It began in 2005 at AFC 1 takedown in April. Like most future MMA stars, it ended in the first round by TKO. Also, I'm sure serving as a Marine pretty much prepared him for conflict already, so cage fighting, walk in the park, mate. The next month, he picked up a three-round submission over Corey Simpson, and then in June, another TKO, this time over Brad Fox. Three months, three wins, not bad at all for the juggernaut. But he wasn't done there. There were still five months left in the year, and Jake took a fight each month right up until December 16th, where he posted a record of 9-0. After just his first year of pro MMA, nine fights, all finishes. Yeah, he almost beat his brother's record in just one year. His last fight was in 2005 at King of the Cage, a legit promotion at the time, and against 40 fight veteran Laverne Clark. He won in the second round with a triangle. It would still be a few years before he found his way to the UFC, but Jake had wholeheartedly earned his nickname, The Juggernaut. Number 6. Ronda Rousey who? No, I'm sure most of you already know what happened with the rookie year of Ronda's career, but I'm not even sure she anticipated how much hype and attention her performances would get her. It all started in March of 2011 at King of the Cage Turning Point, and the world met Ronda Rousey for the first time as she took on somewhat of a cult star in Eddie Ann Gomez. You know, she's famous for beating that man in that weird Brazilian fight. Anyway, Ronda made quick work of her, unleashing her armbar in just 25 seconds. Then in her second fight, she took on a kickboxing champion, Charmaine Tweet, and yeah, kickboxing is all well and good, but Rousey has the ultimate 
Formula Hiptos Armbar GG. That was in June. In August, she fought Sarah Dialio, this time in Strike Force Challengers, which basically had some of the best women's mixed martial artists in the world at that point. And Sarah was 4 and 1, which is pretty damn good. This time, she jumped guard and went into the armbar, but I mean, it only took her 25 seconds again. And despite the pressure of a bigger show, you could see why people started hyping this girl. Then, in a final fight of her first year, she took on Julia Budd, and shit, we know how good she turned out to be. In fact, her only losses are to Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg, and yeah, after November 2011, Ronda Rousey. She tapped her in 39 seconds with, you guessed it, an armbar. So there you go, first year in the sport, four finishes, all in less than one minute, all by armbar and against actual top-level women's talent, as much as they had developed by 2011 anyway. The following year, she fought for the Strikeforce title and won it off Misha Tate, and then yeah, the year after that, she was the first ever women's UFC champion. It's a pretty good rookie year. Number five, BJ Penn. Hot damn. I mean, the arrival of BJ Penn nearly started a UFC Aloha Festival. And I'm not being figurative when I say he exploded onto the scene, proving the lightweight classes could be just as entertaining as even the juiciest of heavyweights. First off, if you didn't know, BJ initially made history in the combat sports world by being the first American black belt to win a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championship. And he did it after only training in the sport for three years and four months. Average time to a black belt was about 10 years. So yeah, this kid was special. After he won gold at the 2000 Championships, he got the attention of the UFC and he made the switch to MMA, making his debut just one year later, starting his rookie year in 2001. He showed up to UFC 31, a cool, calm and collected cat for someone who'd never been in a cage fight before, and he almost made his win look effortless, taking down Joey Gilbert, completely controlling him and getting the TKO. Then he was back at UFC 32 just one month later, this time taking on everyone's favorite star of Dana White looking for a fight, Dean Thomas. The guy was 12-1 at the time. This was just BJ's second fight. It was a grappling match until BJ landed a knee and TKO'd him, and And this is when UFC fans' lips started vibrating with the words, The Prodigy. It was hard not to be impressed. Here was this historic young black belt finishing people with his striking. Next up was a title eliminator for the newly created lightweight belt. At UFC 34, BJ fought a four-year vet of the Japanese circuit, 13-4 and Carl Uno, in what was a very highly anticipated match, certainly more than any other lightweight fight had received. BJ came out and wrecked him in just 11 seconds, a highlight reel KO that marked the end of BJ Penn's first year in the sport and the birth of the prodigy. Not many fighters compete their rookie year in the UFC. Yeah, I'm looking at you, CM. Punk, but BJ did, and by God, did he make the most of it. Number four, Ryan Bader. He's not your father, but Darth Bader has been having a pretty nice go of things over in Bellator. Yeah, he's been very impressive, but you know what's equally as good? What he did in his rookie year when he started the sport in 2007. After a damn successful collegiate wrestling career where he earned gold at Pac-10 Championships in 2003, 4, and 6, he decided to make the switch to MMA. Starting in Arizona in March at Reno Combat's Inferno, Bader fought Dave Covello and won in just two minutes with a nice TKO. Then two months later, he shipped over to the Cayman Islands in their first ever MMA event where he fought David Bagger at Proving Grounds won, picking up another finish, this time with a rear naked choke. This streak continued as he beat two more guys in June and September in Arizona before he headed to Mexico to take part in the Valley pseudo fight against Ulysses Cortez, who he suplexed into oblivion and pounded into the canvas. So make it five wins in just eight months for Bader, but he wasn't done there. December was around the corner and at IFO Fireworks in the Cage's New Year's show, he took one final fight of 2007 against Brad Peterson, took him to a decision and made it six wins in his rookie year. The following year, he was invited onto the Ultimate Fighter, and he only went and bloody won the whole thing. Yeah, this guy was elite pretty much from year one. Number three, Nikita Krylov. Being born into a family of miners might make you susceptible to the black lung. (coughs) 
but it will also instill in you the unbreakable will of a man that's prepared to be trapped several hundred meters below the surface of the earth, which, when you think about it, probably isn't too dissimilar from that feeling of slowly being rear-naked, choked unconscious. Either way, Nikita Krylov was born in Ukraine to a family of miners and karate practitioners and started training when he was 10, eventually earning a black belt and that coveted title of Master of Sports. From here, he transitioned to MMA and by God did he go on a rampage. He began his pro career in July 2012, almost halfway through the year, but that didn't stop him from getting more wins than most fighters get in their first, well, I don't know, five. He won his first fight at West Fight 4 against Alexander Umrikin in just under one minute. Then in August, he fought four separate times, three of them being in the ECSF MMA Ukraine Cup, where he picked up three more first round finishes and one fight at Big Boys Fights. Yeah, that's a real promotion. So less than one month into his pro career and he already had five wins. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. But he didn't stop there. In September, he picked up two submission wins over Alexei Stepanov and Anatoly Didenko, both in just 29 seconds, and he was ready to go again in October. Three more wins, three more stoppages. Basically, Krylov had become some sort of Ukrainian MMA vigilante handing out free beatings to anyone that wanted one. By December 22nd, Nikita had picked up 12 wins, all by finish, all in the first round, and he'd only been fighting since July. Yeah, that's one hell of a first year in the sport, and I don't think I've ever seen anything quite as insane as this. Also, side note, the first decision on this man's career came eight years later against Johnny Walker in 2020. Smart man. Doesn't trust the judges, obviously. Number two, John Jones. Yep, believe it or not, before John became some people's GOAT, he started his career in a pretty legendary way. Most of you know he went on to become the youngest champion in UFC history, and yeah, that didn't happen by accident. To be fair, his dad did try to dissuade him from a life of fighting. He was a pastor in Binghamton, New York, and he wanted John to preach, but after a standout high school wrestling career and a state championship in New York, he eventually dropped out of college to take up MMA. And you know what? He took to MMA better than Leo Machida took to his own piss. Yeah, I would drink Machida's urine. <laughs> he began his rookie year in 2008, making his his debut at FFP Untamed 20 against Brad Bernard. The poor bloke got lateral dropped and punched into oblivion. John showing a glimpse of the Greco-Roman attacks he would become known for. Uncalled for. That wasn't it for April though. He took another fight just seven days later against Carlo Eduardo, handing him his last loss before he went on a nine-fight streak. Then just six days later this time, he fought an ice fighter against Anthony Pina and picked up a one-minute guillotine. Clearly hooked at this point in May and June, John picked up two more finishes in less than a minute before heading to Battle Cage Extreme 5 in July, where he fought Moises Galbin, an elite XC and M1 vet for the USKBA Light Heavyweight Championship. He dominated with his wrestling and by the second round just ran Moises over. So just after three months, he already had his first title. Yeah, pretty crazy, but he wasn't done there because the UFC came a-calling. Yep, just three months into his career and he made his UFC debut at 87 in Minnesota, where he took on Andre Guzman. For the first time in his career, he went to a decision, but still got the win and impressed doing so. So make that seven wins in one year, including a title and the only person on this list to make his UFC debut inside his first year as a pro. Well, apart from BJ Penn, but he didn't really have any other choice. And also, he'd only been fighting for four months if you want to get technical. And yeah, just two years later, he was the youngest ever UFC champion. It's the troublemakers that always start out the best, I tell you. Number one, Cole Conrad. Ah, yes. The legend of Cole Conrad still perplexes many an MMA analyst to this day. Just when it seemed a new heavyweight contender had appeared, he up and left the sport as soon as he started it. If you don't know anything about Conrad, he made a splash in the wrestling world when he won a gold medal at the Pan American Championships in 2005, and then gold at the NCAA Division I Wrestling Championships in 2006 and 7, and also the Big Ten Tournament in 2005 and 6 and 7. So basically, well, he was one of the best wrestlers on the planet before he ever stepped foot inside a cage. He fell in with fellow NCAA 
champion Brock Lesnar and started training with him at Team Death Clutch, ready to see how far his wrestling credentials would take him. Pretty far, it turns out. He made his debut in January of 2010, pulling off a polar bear choke in just one minute against Gary Heyman. Nice. The following month, he TKO'd Joel Wyatt in just two minutes, and yeah, it was clear he was ready for a step up in competition, or at least that's what Bellasaur thought, and they picked him up, and by May, he was ready to run through their heavyweight division. After two decision wins at Bellator 17 and 22, he joined the heavyweight tournament in August, pretty much an unknown given it was his first year in the sport, but no less capable than anyone else. He decisioned Regent Lorette, then really impressed when he took on the 13-0 Damian Gabrowski from Poland. Cole acknowledged that becoming Bellator champion would be huge. He just had to make it through the tournament and through the Polish pitbull. Conrad took all three rounds of the decision in his toughest fight yet, and he wasn't done there. Just one month later, he went back to take on 10-2 Neil Grove, the UC MMA heavyweight champion who'd just beaten Eddie Sanchez and Alexi Olinik to get to the final. But Conrad got the takedown in just two minutes, and it was pretty much a wrap. His full mount was just too good in a key lock Neil with just 15 seconds left in the first to become Bellator's first ever heavyweight champion. Not bad for your first year in the sport. What happened next? Well, he fought twice more and then retired to become a full-time commodities broker. Still probably the best rookie year of all time, though. I'm Bailey from Around Point, and yes, we are finally here in our brand new office. Let's go check it out. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to our MMA Challenge of the Week. Today, I'm joined by the greatest referee in the world, Mr. Mark Goddard. Would I would punch him straight in the back of the fucking head. That's right, a brand new channel with brand new content. Welcome to Fightfront, the home of personality-driven MMA. Today, it's an MMA challenge where I take the worst-rated UFC character in UFC Undisputed 3 all the way to the heavyweight championship of the world. And I'm reacting to Colin McGregor. Make sure you scroll on down and hit subscribe because you do not want to miss all the new content coming your way on this brand new channel. And hey, it's me, Tommy Toehold, and I'm rolling around on a damn monitor. Big shout out and thank you to Max Randall for editing this video. You can follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further. And I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.